Hello and welcome back to Enter the Asylum, a podcast where two brothers and once again their dad try and watch a bunch of awful, horrible films uh, by a film company known as The Asylum. I'm your uh, your uh, lizard man host, Benjamin. I'm your host, John. I live in California where we have tourists, surfers, restaurants, and the like. Mm-mm. As well as vagrants and teenagers. I'm their dad. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hello. Great to see you once again it's, on it's, the podcast. It's great to be here and awake at this hour. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, today we watched Super Croc. Super Croc. I can only imagine it's like a silent blacklist project where it's like they don't it's hush hush. They don't talk about it. It's nowhere be they don't have it on Tubi, they don't have it on their site. It is on YouTube. That's uh, strange. <laughs> the YouTube video too is like called Best Hollywood Movies. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. That's kinda like Seattle's best coffee. Yes. <laughs> It's 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 Will Ferrell's gonna come in and be like Hollywood's best movies. Congratulations, you guys, you did it. <laughs> Asylum at last. I'm waiting for David Michael to finally get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> right? It's gonna happen eventually, hopefully. Oh my gosh. Maybe yeah. just Sharknado. I think I guess be the closest thing you'd ever get. I think I think they could make a special effect where there's a star on the street. Oh, can you imagine if? <laughs> oh my God! Just a terrible, <laughs> shitty piece of CGI where it's like the star with his name on it, and it's just like, and the camera's shaking, but the star stays in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. We and could all do that. We pan, can all. They, yeah, they, they pan on that star a little bit yeah. too long in the screen. Yeah. It's like a Birdemic-esque shot. Yeah. Speaking of Birdemic, um, no exaggeration, this movie, uh, Super Croc, had worse sound design than Birdemic. I'm, I'm not even Yeah, I could barely hear what people were saying in this film. It was, I, yeah, that's true. It was so bad. And I was wondering, if, for a while, I was wondering, like, maybe it's because I'm watching on YouTube, but no, I think it, it literally is just that bad. Uh, well, the, <laughs> the YouTube quality wasn't the best. Uh, it's like it wasn't the best, but whatever. like, but it varied so much from scene to scene that I was like, no, this is the movie doing this to me. Mm. Though I gotta say, the CGI did look better under the intense pixelization. Uh, yes, <laughs> I don't think it's actually it was as good as I thought it is. Because I watched it, it's, the crocodile design is like, hey, Larry, you know what? That's not bad. Good job, Asan. You made a good-looking, big, big, uh, giant crocodile. I don't think it actually looks good at all. Probably not. It's better than we're used to. Mm. 
I actually thought that there were shots for the crocodile. Actually, I thought like especially the front shots where like it's like the, you see the snout and it's just kind of like waving it back and forth. I actually thought it looked kind of cute. Yeah, there's no like there was no moments where you look and go, oh god, that CJ's awful. Actually, no, I no, I disagree. (laughs) Uh, Especially at the beginning when it comes out of the water and it's just this like brown blob that just emerges out of the water behind the soldiers. I was like, wow, that's pretty shitty CGI. The the beginning made me really worried that there weren't going to be any good shots of the Super Croc, and they did eventually have good shots. But there there were these things of like, oh wow, it did this terrible thing, and it was like. When did that happen? It's like, oh, it just happened now. You know, we're talking about it. It was just, it was so bad at the beginning. And then they did actually have some pretty decent, you know, super croc action happening there and stuff. You know, I mean, like any Asylum movie, though, it, it had different emphases than actually being entertaining or having action sequences or anything right. like that it's the main action is the the conversations oh yes. man the backstories between the uh, characters we care so much for but let's not get ahead of ourselves yeah. there's so much there's so much where it's like oh my gosh it's 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 about to attack uh and you just and does see it? uh does it i don't know <laughs> This is uh, a movie about a giant crocodile that attacks LA and they can't even have fun with it. Like yeah. I wanted it to, I wanted to like destroy some celebrity mansions. <laughs> I wanted to like I wanted to trash Beverly Hills, like, you know, I wanted to like I, I wanted to like, you know, smash its tail into the Capitol Records building and like it falls <laughs> over. Roll past the tar. Roll past the it it, like like there'll there'll be tourists at the tar pits and like it comes out of the tar and eats the tourists or something. I brought up tar pits. I brought up tar pits while we were watching that. I was thinking like have it head for the tar pits. You know that would be so great to to resurrect its long dead brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That could be how they trap it. Yeah, like you know, or have it like go down Venice Beach and there's a bunch of like drugged out like hippie guys and they're like, whoa, man. Like, you know, I don't know. Have some goddamn fun with it. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. You, have, you could have a scene. We're getting really ahead of ourselves here. We, we could have a scene, though, where it climbs up to the Griffith Observatory, then jumps across to the Hollywood sign and then eats it. Eat the Hollywood sign. Eat Chewing the on the Hollywood sign. sign. Yes, that would be great. A big bite out of the Hollywood sign would yes. be really cool looking, you know. Yes. This is the lesson that, that, that the Asylum did learn for Sharknado. They at least did know how to have a little bit of fun with L.A. for Sharknado, like like blowing up certain local landmarks and whatnot. But, like, it, man, they should have really done something for this movie. Yeah, I guess they hadn't quite learned yet. There should be, like, it should have gone to, like, the Randy Donuts and taken a bite out of the donut. There you go. You know? Like, stuff like that. Would that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would, that would be God, a great idea. Have some fun with it, for crying I, out loud. I wondered if I'd seen this one, but, of course, once we started watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, what I saw not. was Lake Placid, you know, uh, not, it, not an I asylum really, movie. I really did feel like this was a ripoff of Lake Placid. I think I that really must have. That I, I'll bet you anything the, the 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 timeline works out like that, but I wouldn't know I for sure. But, but it I seems feel, like that. I think I did see this movie. I think I saw it air on the Sci-Fi Channel at some point. So because really? I feel like 
I f yeah, the Sci-Fi Channel has run a bunch of like Asylum creature flicks, and I hmm. feel like in I fact saw I think they're the only thing that now runs Asylum creature <laughs> flicks. Considering yeah, that Blockbuster is yeah. long gone. Half of the Sci-Fi Channel at some point, I don't know if this is still the case, but at one point, it like half of it was just like shitty like original Sci-Fi movies and like Asylum movies and other like C-rate studios that did like ripoffs of creature films, basically. Are is that still going, Sci-Fi Channel? Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be, yeah. But I don't know what they show now. What's the... There, there's an actual good um, old movie and old TV show, show Sci-Fi Channel, and I can't think of the name of it on cable, but um, a couple of the local businesses here show it quite a bit, and they show really cool stuff like Japanese monster movies from the 60s and really bad TV shows from the 60s and stuff like that. And I can't think of the name of it, but it's like so, it's like what the sci fi channel should have been, basically, instead right. of what it really was, which was well, just boring as hell, you know? Actually, what even, like, okay. <laughs> what even good, is the sci fi channel? The only good, it's just a cable channel. No, the but only, like, what was, what is their, like, product they're trying to give you oh science, science fiction. fiction oh you know yeah the only good thing i can i can give the sci-fi channel is they did air mystery science theater for a while oh for that's like a good. long while like it used to be on comedy central and then it moved to the sci-fi channel when comedy central dropped it. that's very funny but that's yeah. literally the only program i can name from the sci-fi channel that was actually good it was important but, for uh, comedy central to drop mystery science theater because they had to leave room for all of their quality program mm. and this is and this is pre-daily Most show quality. comedy central so like this is like do you remember all the crappy shows they used to run around the daily show and colbert report that were all unwatchable shit it was just nope. so funny it was just remember, like you didn't like oh what if i tuned in or what if i kept the channel on afterwards and then it'd be like no i realize why i'm only tuning in for the daily show and the cold I, report you know i think at some point they started doing reruns of american dad before <laughs> playing the daily show like that's how like that's that's the, that's the tier of programming the comedy central was bringing did but they do did they do that show little bush Oh fuck! Yes, I think they did. Yeah, I mean that was just that was what passed for like political satire, you know. To be just, fair, that's still what passes for political satire. Yeah, because that probably. Stephen Colbert um, produced that god awful like um, um, our cartoon president show, oh, which is on god, the tier yeah. of like Little Bush. It's just kind of like just total weak sauce. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Stephen Colbert is just mysterious, like how you could become so completely awful you know after being so great after, yeah after being so innovative and amazing and it's like just, just being the most boring you know like thing you know just saying the most boring stuff and and just sort of doing it with a smile and a straight face and everything and just kind of like where are you you know <laughs> where's steven you know <laughs> what's what's the what's the joke that someone told which is like well the stephen colbert from the colbert report was a parody of a right wing uh pundit right well the stephen colbert of the late night show is a parody of a liberal pundit yeah yeah he'll probably it, it, maybe maybe he'll like i wish him. that was true i wish it like, were true i wish it were true but you know maybe, maybe he's like keeping a backlog or something you know to like uh you know emerge and sort of go 
Harry, everybody, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't actually hate me. <laughs> just weird, just weird. I know his monologues get hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. What does? His what monologues. Does? Oh, I know. Well, see, he. I has... mean, like, the, well, he's, he's an audience. He's still very popular, an audience. But yeah, yeah. He's, he is very popular. I'm saying, like, he has I... no reason to like do some. Oh, thing. he has millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he has no reason to do anything. Oh man, this is way off topic. But John, did you hear We're about the here. the John Stewart <laughs> movie that he's put I, out I, with Steve Carell? I've heard that there is a John Stewart movie. I don't really want to know anything. About that. <laughs> well, I I'm, I doubt I will watch it, but the preview for I'm it definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> I watched the preview, and uh, Will Sloan uh, introduced it to me on the oh, Twitter yes. feed, saying. I feel like it's 2006. I mean, I'm paraphrasing because that wasn't his line, but it was no, sort of like, no, but this I, completely I comes too, from yeah. 2006. And I watched it, and the weirdest thing about it is what it is, is it's like, it's totally a 2006-era political satire, um, but it's also a romantic comedy, you know? So it's just kind of like, it, it was so bad, but it was it was really like, wow, yeah, this really looks like something that was made you know, uh, 13 years ago. It was just Good absolutely grief. bizarre that it would well, even John Stewart be... hasn't really gone anywhere, moved anywhere with his comedy in 13 years. Well, so every every now and th- every now and then someone will say, boy, I wish John Stewart were still around to comment on current events. You know, he retired too early and stuff. Well, this is his, you know, well, here commentary. It is. Yeah, here it is. It's sad to say, you know. Sad stuff. Anyway, oh, they'll they'll oh, they'll eat it up. Anyone who says that is like you know, we'll we'll happily go see the John Stewart movie. I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to this movie, and you know, I don't know. Speaking of movies, did, did anybody see? No that? one is going Speaking to his movie. Movies, no one is going to. Did anyone go to that movie he made though? Like a, like before he had even no. Quit? No one yeah. gave a shit about. See, that, nobody's going to give a shit about this. It's kind of like except as a nostalgia. Steve Carell. Oh, Steve. Carell's in a movie, you know. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like The Office meets political satire in well, Wisconsin. Well, Steve Carell actually you know? was on The Daily Show. He was, he on. was, and he's doing a typical Steve Carell performance, but with romantic comedy, uh, you know, overtures uh, mixed no, with. That's so unusual for Steve Carell. It's so unusual, you know. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of movies. Yeah, speaking, speaking of, of movies. movies with. I guess vague we don't want to talk about subplots. vague romantic subplots. Yes, this one had a romantic oh, subplot God. that they just got rid of really quickly. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. If you um, forgot already, this is Super Croc, the movie about a giant crocodile with a romantic subplot. That's with a romantic, a very romantic sub subplot involving how the Super Croc laid so many eggs which is never explained in it's, the movie yeah and because it implies there's uh, like a male but anyway i guess crocodiles just do that but whatever <laughs> oh well. all right so we start in los padres national forest <laughs> los, los padres. padres 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 like yeah, the san diego padres. Padres. Exciting. Los, los you gotta know the san diego padres dude you just have to you have los to padres. Are you assuming I pronunciation <laughs> <laughs> padres padres say padres. actually it's actually it's actually padres <laughs> but Las Padres. It's Padres La- National Forest. La Jala. La Jala. Know. I love La Jala. One Jalapeno. of my favorite places. Alright, so <laughs> we this there's the military dudes, they're walking in a forest. Yeah, a bunch of soldiers just walking around. Typical uh, asylum. I think this, this is one of the f- like 
few cre- asylum credits that has things happen while they're playing off the credits. Oh, right, because, yeah, usually an Asylum movie starts with, like, the credit sequence that lasts maybe, like, three minutes, <laughs> and it's, like, really lame and stuff. Here, they, they do a cold open where they just do the little text crawl credits that show up, and they kept popping up maybe, like, five minutes into the movie, and so one would show up, and I'd be like, the credits are still going? <laughs> and you know this is a David Michael Latt film uh, when yes. everyone's holding their guns, like... <laughs> <laughs> like they're trying to grab something with them. Like they really know how to hold a gun, man. And I, I liked the little um, gimmick of having the uh, the names all roll up, like with a text search thing. But there was yeah, yeah. nothing. There's no relevance of that to this nah, movie, man, not whatsoever. None. Whatsoever. But you know, it's cool looking and everything. But it was really funny. It actually got me to watch for like the names and everything. You know. And then yes, I love how these guys walk around with this, this something pointed crawl? constantly. Yeah. They're constantly pointing their guns. This opening somewhere. crawl is five minutes for you actually. <laughs> it's anything so happens. long, yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> they wander around these woods for about five minutes. Uh, there's a couple who are talking about a wedding. Oh, there's a sort man. of nerdy guy, and there's a sergeant. That's our that's our group of four people. That's and it. the ADR is so bad because all the lines are ADR'd, and you're watching these soldiers like walk through the woods, and they're not their lips are not moving at all. But you're just hearing the ADR of this couple. Which, by the way, I mean, is that oh, is that allowed in the military? Is that okay <laughs> for like uh uh like uh, uh a fiance like and and you know the two of them to be in the same unit is that something that's allowed in the military beats me yeah i don't know i mean the thing is is they could have gotten together after they were in the unit or something like that sure but like but i i can imagine like you know probably the the commanding officers is just like oh jesus christ well, to be fair as we've seen in thirty thousand leagues under the sea they've done this before right Everybody so has had a relationship with somebody at some point. You know? Yes. Mm. Yeah, and they're discussing. What a conversation it is. Anyway. Yeah, man, they, they have a discussion oh, about a dessert wedding instead of a normal wedding. It's all very <laughs> riveting stuff. It's like, oh, well, see, everyone complains about dinner during a wedding, but what if we just skip straight to dessert? Have a dessert That's a wedding. good idea. A great idea. And they That's talk about this for idea. about two minutes. <laughs> I doubt it's such a good idea. I'd like to discuss their wedding plans a bit more. I, I actually like getting the free food at the <laughs> wedding. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no be I understand that dinner. everyone just complains about the dinner anyway. It's like, oh, well, would you rather have them complain about the dessert with no dinner? Because yeah. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. I think if you're around people who complain about this sort of thing, you're around people who are just going to complain no matter what. Yeah, you're probably a terrible person surrounded by terrible people. Probably. And this guy does seem like a shithead. So. Oh, man. <laughs> I, well, now, to be fair, we, have, we know nothing about his personality, and we never will. <laughs> that's right. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they finally <clears throat> arrive on like a sort of like lake or pond, large body of water. The sergeant turns around, starts giving orders by pointing fingers at pretty much every single direction. (laughs) He's doing the two-fingered, like, you know, you go that way, you go that way, you go that way. (laughs) I love that. Like, point eyes, point out and stuff. My favorite, though, is that at one point he does that, he goes like, like, pointing in it, and then says, go. And, like, there's no one around. (laughs) 
No, he will go in the way that he's gesturing, but like, but he, like, again, if he you points say, in every direction is the problem. But if you say go, <laughs> if you say that out loud, you defeat the purpose of doing hand gestures. The whole point of it is like you're trying to stay silent and stealthy, so you, and you're like, okay, you go but you're doing this without actually saying it and he just says it while doing the gestures also they're like they're in the middle of the woods and there's no one around so like what's there to be like you know like silent for oh well i guess they don't really know what they're like gonna what they're engaging with yet it's right. like first contact they should probably this... walk right down to the edge of the lake is what i'm thinking oh yeah this is this this it really confused me is that they they were all the, the movie starts with a bunch of soldiers going up to a lake like hunting for something and i'm like wait do they already know about the super croc they their their level of knowledge seems um <laughs> non-existent yeah well simultaneously non-existent and more than it should be mm. yeah well hey to be fair i mean uh the wife uh or fiance uh Lived in Florida, so... Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. Oh, she makes constant references to that. Hey, guess what? I'm from Florida. I know all about this stuff. I know about the Gators. Yeah. Alright, so they they split up. The couple goes in one direction. The nerd and the sergeant go in a different one. While they're sort of just casually walking along the riverbed, or rather lakebed, the nerd suddenly gets attacked and eaten. And and I guess where, yeah, the sergeant you too. Just, you just see the the crocodile emerge from behind him, this big brown blob with eyes, and it's just it just immer- it just it's sh- it the way it comes out of the lake looks so awful. That's where I was like, oh boy, this is some bad scene. Yeah, the yeah. size of the crocodile doesn't make a lot of sense in that scene either. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, they can't really decide on what how large this crocodile is actually they, even. Yeah, is. they never settled on a consistent size for that thing. They have a discussion about how much, how big it must be. Oh, yeah, yes. numerous times. There's a, there's yes, many many discussions about how big. So after he gets in, we then jump cut to Los Angeles and a top secret military base. That's <laughs> apparently I guess, in, down, in downtown, downtown Los LA Angeles skyscraper. Yeah. yeah, that's where you want to do that. It's yes, yeah, so yeah, you you have your command post, not not on an army base. No, no, that's too that's too obvious. In a downtown skyscraper. Uh, they get alert that the nerd guy has died. He's now dead. Nerd guy's died. Everyone's freaking out. They don't know what this thing is doing on what American is this soil. Thing? It's on American, American soil. soil. It's on I American soil. That. It's some sort of <laughs> terrorist attack. It's probably Iranian. It's Russian. It's Russian or Iranian, <laughs> definitely. Everyone's panicking. Suddenly, the voice of reason, Kim Little, shows up. Hey! Oh yay! She arrives. Um, also, uh, Shaley Scott's here too, in that room. Oh damn! Really? This is her. This is the last film we'll see of her, of her acting. This, oh, now, while not the last film she acted, which one this is, is she in this in this movie? Oh, she's just one of, like the people on the. She's just an extra. In she's that an room. extra. Is she the, is, she's is not she, the, is she the, the one... major player, right? That's, no, no. That's she's little. just one of the people who. Gives little opinions. is the one who's Kim like Little's the one, big yeah. deal. Uh, you know, is she the one who's, who's one. just is is uh, Shaylee Scott <clears throat> the one on the uh, on the um, intercom the headset thing, yeah. on the intercom the headset who's like you know like uh, come in uh, what what she has she she there's a there's a point there where it's like um, um, 
confirm kill. Confirm oh, the kill. I love that Conf scene. Confirm kill. Like she's like says it so quickly that like it gives the the pilot no no opportunity to respond. Sergeant, uh, can you confirm a kill? Sergeant, can you confirm a kill? <laughs> yeah, we won't actually see Shay Scott's name again until the coed and the zombie stoner. Oh Jesus! Christ. So uh, look forward to that in the in the next the couple Coed years. The Coed and the Zombie Stoner. Yeah, it's one of their funny comedy films. Yeah, they wow. did later on. That's, that sounds exciting. That will be in three years. So look forward to that. Great. <laughs> that sounds that sounds good. So Kim Little, she has so some good. vague ideas what's going on. Like actually, way more than she's she should. like fucking she she has a fucking hard on for crocs man she's like she's really into it she's mainly convinced it's some sort of large predator she like she knows everything about crocs and she's like they're the most like genetically superior predators <laughs> like they have been like you know like like they were been around since the dinosaurs and they and, and they like they haven't had to evolve at all that's what a, what what a perfect killing machines they are and it's just like jesus christ settle down so this is my big moment <laughs> All right, so back of the forest, the croc attacks some more. I guess it it kills everyone off screen. Oh, that was really bullshit. I mean, it was just like I kept saying to Benji, like, "Where did everybody go?" It's like, "Oh, they're all dead." It's like, "When? When did that happen? When? What was I looking at?" You know, it's like they just are dead. You know, it was just, just like dead. bullshit. That's crazy. I mean, it's like. You know, you introduce all these characters and then wipe them out, you know, like, yep. you know, without off screen, you know, that's just really weird unless you're like doing some kind of, you know, avant-garde, you know, play or something, you know, like, what is the meaning of life? I don't know. Nothing. You know, they've nothing. all been eaten by a super croc, you know, Bye. we'll move on, you know. So, okay. <laughs> so the couple... Uh, comes across the crocodile nest. There's like a hundred eggs or something like that. A lot of eggs. A lot of eggs. Egg city. Big uh, Easter maybe, egg type eggs. Maybe Easter egg type eggs. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just something crocodiles do. Maybe they just lay like a hundred eggs. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how crocodiles work. And it's a, it's a super croc too. They can they can lay super eggs. The croc then shows up. The couple flees again. Uh, the suits back at the base start arguing about whether they should just evac everybody and just sort of just you know oh yeah, yeah. who cares the, the, all We're of their here. plans suck and that's going to be a theme throughout this movie yes. their plans are all stupid as hell <laughs> I mean it's just non-stop it just never ends throughout they the finally movie. get intel which is a picture of the crocodile itself and they, they're like what is that whoa what kind of what am I thing looking is at? that? <laughs> uh, Celia, which is the name of the wife, fiance, is <laughs> now the last survivor. That's why you started singing Cecilia. Yes. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> I didn't understand that last night. I figured it meant something. You're shaking oh, my crocodile wow. daily. <laughs> um... So Celia's last survivor. She raises the base. They send a helicopter to help her. As long as, as well as a new group of cool army boys and girls are going to help them out in this forest. Mm -hmm. 
They're just gonna like repeat the exact same. They're just plan. gonna do the exact we're gonna same thing around, they did We're gonna before. walk around with our guns pointed, just sort of pointlessly, and walk down to the lake and see what happens. Yeah, we look cool. Ground troops worked so well the last time, so let's just gonna do it again. Uh, they finally yeah. counter Celia. They all got killed the last time, so just <laughs> do it again. Feed more into the gaping maw of war. They finally found Celia. She's sort of she's actually taking the whole thing kind of well. Despite yeah, the fact seriously. that her whole platoon is I dead. I mean, she's really taking it overly well. She warns all of them that bullets don't work on it because <laughs> of its super strong hide. I kept saying shoot shoot it in the eyes. I mean, but I guess it has bulletproof eyes, too. I kept just saying, like, just drone strike the fucker. Like, yeah, like yeah. why is this so hard? Well, okay, so after she says bullets don't work oh, on the crocodile. then, though, did they? I mean... I'm sure they had some form of it. Huh? Yeah, they, they must did. have had yeah. drones. Come By on, then... this is like this isn't that old. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, okay, so she's like, bullets don't work on it. So then the crocodile shows up and they just start shooting. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum, bum. And they just keep shooting. This is like a good three minutes of shooting the crocodile. <laughs> Has zero effect. It ends up eating some of them. Others flee. We then cut back to Kim. Who's now on the phone with some sort of shadowy third party group, hypothetically. I they never Kim, explain what this, this group of people are. I think Kim has a has a a, a disguised agenda in this movie. What? Uh, the people she's talking to are in a white van. Yes. The white so van then pulls up <laughs> on <they're> some <laughs> They're soldiers in full camouflage and assault rifles and they pull up in a white school van. <laughs> They pull, up on, they pull up on they pull up on the egg nest, yeah. Uh, it's a bunch of military um, dudes. They I get outside love the that. It's van. not even an army truck. It's not even. It's not a jeep. It's nothing like that. It's a fucking white school van. <laughs> we're the kidnap van. We're here. Yes. We're here about the crocodile. Well, yeah, it fits actually. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of kids. So you think, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, that's right. Uh, they blow up most of the eggs, but then take four of them. And they they uh, head out again. Don't forget that happened. Don't worry about that. This little small bit. This won't uh, uh, become relevant until like the end of the film. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> There's no point in in following any. All right. Of the so plot. now they realize that they really are fucked. They call in the helicopter. The helicopter comes in to try and uh, get everybody out there. Suddenly, the crocodile then jumps up and then bites the helicopter. Oh man, it's. A- it's, and it's those... actually pretty impressive because somehow the helicopter is actually able to hold up the weight. I like that the helicopter, the yeah, like is, is is able to keep flying for a bit, and then he just like yanks it down. It's yeah. like, well, why didn't he just do that at the start? Yeah, this is really confusing once again because as we, as we see later in the film, I'm pretty sure the crocodile is large enough to just eat the the helicopter in one go. That, that that croc jumps like a dolphin at like SeaWorld or something. That was or, really funny. Or like a mega shark. Or like a mega shark. Or like that um, animal later put into the Jurassic Park theme park that can leap up and get things. Um, oh, yay. The, uh, mo- the Mosasaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I love how the helicopter pilot is one of the more animated performances in the entire movie. <laughs> He's like super like, hey, guess what? I, I fly a helicopter. I'm putting big thumbs up, big smile and everything like that. Whoa! Ooh. What happened? I, there's a crocodile. Oh. What the hell? You know? So the helicopter plan's gone. That's obvious. Man, crocodile wins. That thing got our helicopter. Oops. Okay, so Celia flees along with this random soldier guy who is now with her for the rest of the film, and he's the most annoying character, I think, in the film. Oh. He's awful. Like, he's, he's never totally given a name. Unsympathetic. Yeah, he's totally unsympathetic to her. He's like, he's just kind of a prick. Uh, As you see in this next basic- scene, a huge loser, too. So they're running away, and then the soldier guy, soldier bro, then trips on some grass and then (laughs) injures his leg. Brains his ankle or something? Yeah. But then he's walking past basic training. My God. You know, yeah. But it doesn't matter because he's walking normal for the rest of the movie. Yes. I love that. that. I love that. It's like, how did your injury go? You know? I think I broke my leg. It's like, I don't think you broke your leg. And you this know? causes Celia to break the fuck. He didn't like, do she anything. She just, like, explodes just, at him. He just has a moment. Ow! I feel it's like, like what the like fuck had... are you doing? <laughs> I feel like they must have had a side like, a plot where, like, he gets injured and she has to, like, like, drag him to safety or something. So he did the take where, like, he slides on the grass and, like, sprains his ankle <laughs> or something. And he makes the facial gesture. Ow. And then, like... And then while they were shooting it, they were like, nah, fuck it, we're not going to do this. So they left that shot in, but like, but dropped that plot point. Hmm. Yeah, this <laughs> well, is the, first, this like the only time we see else. Celia show any sort of real emotion. She sort of breaks down crying after yelling at him for injuring his leg. But like she like starts like screaming like while the croc is near and he like has to like kind of like hold her down and be like like hush. So it's basically just like shut up, hysterical woman. <laughs> How do you know so much about crocodiles anyway? Well, it's because I lived in Florida. <laughs> I've never not As lived in Florida. Everyone. Yes. As we all know, everyone who lives in Florida knows about the crocs. All right. So Celia then comes across the eggs crocs. once again. Now gone and destroyed. She's like a little freaked out, but they're just kind of like, oh, it must have been uh, like, some oh, other military people, I guess. Oh. I, I, I was... Uh, the, 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 the way they, they... So basically when the soldiers came, like they like show them like shooting like... Well, no, they don't actually show them shooting the eggs. They just show them shooting at like off screen. Um, but then when they, when they rediscovered the nest in this scene, there's just CGI smoke coming mm. off the ground. And they didn't even bother to, like, have some, like, remains, some, like, eggshells or something. Mm, yeah. Like, something to show, like, oh, yeah, there used to be eggs here, and now they're destroyed. Yeah, well, our paper mache budget was really low for this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This, we can only afford the, four eggs. This is the asylum. We can't, we can't be at That would cost $10. To, to exactly these, you know. ten dollars fuck what do we look like universal <laughs> soldiers uh, <laughs> so so they pick up like some scrap of some vague thing that i'm just not actually sure what it is it's like, like some sort of bullet fragment or something maybe 
They never explained what that damn thing was, but she shows it as evidence. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she did, and the audio quality was just so bad I couldn't make out. Yeah, what she was it's saying. possible. Well, but that makes a lot of us. Then I, I'm 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 guessing that again we had another thing that was no explanation. Mm. Um, you know, just sort of like they drop these things in as like plot points, but they don't care, and it's like that's there's... the asylum for you, yeah. man. <laughs> All right, so now we're getting some exposition from Kim. She then reveals some important info. Okay, so there was a hurricane that happened vaguely recently. A hurricane. There was bones a hurricane were washed up on the in California. Yes. It's a really unusual event. Bones were washed up on the shore. But these were any normal bones. These were dinosaur bones. This but not was... only were there dinosaur bones, <laughs> but they were recent dinosaur bones. Recent dinosaur bones. You know, this thing had just been eaten recently. You know, it was like. Something and else. then she just starts masturbating about Crocs. And she's like, "Oh, they're the hottest thing ever, dude. They're so hot. They're the man, most man, they, they can eat anybody. Ever. Yeah, they their hides are for dinosaurs. I, I literally, you know what wouldn't have cost any money at all is explaining what the. Oh wait, are we? All, oh, wait a minute, I'm probably ahead of myself because is she already talking about the military use? Potentially, not yet. That's not to the end of I'm the sorry. Film. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, it's it, surely there was a but mention of that earlier than the, than, the, than the end, right? I mean, I'm sure they hint at it. Yeah, yeah. But I love, I love that. It's like w- dolphins didn't work, but you know, crocodiles, you know, that, that'll, be, that'll, that'll work. Well, it's because dolphins aren't impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> and like the super croc. Yeah. Unlike crocodiles, as we who, as we all know, are invincible. I, I don't know what you you would do with them militarily. You know, honestly, like you know what they just run around and eat everything until they're done. You know, hey, I like, think you've countered the... the Jurassic World problem. Yeah, <laughs> which is maybe having a bunch of raptors uh, in the military is a dumb ass stupid. Oh idea. wow, yeah. Well, but it this, is the military-industrial complex. The, uh, the the Jurassic World thing, probably mm. right. Yeah. But the but it, we are talking about the military-industrial complex, and I'm sure like there would be someone stupid enough to be like, yeah, we could sell a congressperson on that. I mean, <laughs> you're right. They thought LSD would work, so who knows? Yeah, Anything's exactly. possible. Dude, I mean, they they thought like yeah, like the CIA funded like you know a project where a guy tried to get a woman to have sex with a dolphin. That's a fucking <laughs> real thing that happened. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, well, that's that's, right. that's an extreme simplification of that tale, John. <laughs> The, the the tale is too is, is so fucking insane but yes i mean like that that is actually what happened i have i have a paperback by the guy who was the big dolphin guy and, and i mean can will in this uh, film would probably be pretty dolphin into project actually mm. yeah and he actually ducked out when the navy was too interested so that was funny but they were looking seriously for the same thing as Day of the Dolphin, which, by the way, believe it or not, the movie of Day of the Dolphin was directed by Mike Nichols, who directed The, the Graduate. So it's it's pretty amazing wow. that that even fucking happened, you know. That makes me want to see it, actually, because it's just so stupid, you know. That's so weird. <laughs> like, why would you do that movie in, in the early 70s, you know, if you were, like, a prestigious director? It's like, I'm, I'm going to make a serious movie about how the, the military is going to use a dolphin to, like, destroy boats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Nichols. I've won Academy Awards and things. And <laughs> it's just like, I, I, that's I, weird, you know. So, 
after Kim Little's finished sort of just, you know, gaffing about crocodiles, uh, they then sort of remember that it's terrorizing California right now. And it's actually oh, on yeah, a it's big murder right rampage. Yeah, we better do something about that. <laughs> yeah, they keep, then they start talking constantly about, about like, population areas of California. Especially... And I love this theme. Especially in Northern California, which, as we all know, <laughs> is full of surfers, tourists, and restaurants. <laughs> restaurants and the likes. No, the, the, the line's even dumber than that. It's like it's heading for the coast of California. What's what what is what what is there? Tourists, uh, no, surfers, tourists, restaurants, and the like. <laughs> Wait, but all those things are crocodiles' favorite meals. Oh shit! <laughs> oh no! Not the surfers. <laughs> That crocodile's headed straight for the In-N-Out Burger. It's coming to oh. it. Uh, so they, they're the military's going to quarantine the whole town. They're going to start evacuating. Oh, yeah, they're going to start evacuating people. They, they the evac town. six however, people. However, I want to say though, <laughs> they there's they specifically mentioned start evacuating the the women and children. Oh, I loved that oh, part. I that. that. Is that this early in this movie? Yeah. The women and children part. Uh, uh, that 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 was so. Brain oh, is dead. that? Oh, that's why the guy uh, <laughs> hits the soldier. Is that why? I guess so. Men will be eaten <laughs> by the crocodile. They feed. They're feeding all the men of this, the town <laughs> to the crocodile. Men, do your duty. Line up and get eaten by the crocodile. While we figure out this what is to the do funniest scene thing. too. So they're like set up the quarantine here. Everyone's freaking out. Then they start pretty it's, much threatening to a, shoot it, all the civilians. Fucking, it's a fucking picnic shelter in a state park, and they've got like they've got like six people lined up, and like and they and they put like there's a shot where like they like are giving like they're putting stickers on like the three of them. I guess they're like, supposed to be like name tags, but they're just putting like little stickers on their like out like they're just their clothing and like and they keep cutting back and it's the same six people who are like lined up next to like you know this like you know with a bunch of like soldiers like with assault rifles like staring them down yeah 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 again they 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 excel at the point where they actually start threatening to shoot the civilians Yeah. Which is like, okay, we, we gotta evac. We to shoot you we for g- your own good. <laughs> we gotta get everybody out of this town. But first, we gotta shoot a couple of these dudes. They're in the way. We gotta kill all of them. This movie's gotta be set in like. They could know, be the super croc in disguise. Yeah. I mean, population wise, the, the ideas of this movie are set in about like 1954 or something. You know, it's like. Oh, there's oh, not only even like to be eight like... people who live in this coastal town in California. You know, it's like those don't exist. You know, it's like there, there's at least a hundred thousand people in any square inch. You know, of, of this California, part of California. Of the coast you know? of California. Give me a break. Yeah. You know, come on. You know, it's like oh, there's nothing there particularly. <laughs> it's like okay. That's fine. <laughs> No, it's it's they keep talking. They keep referring to Oxnard, like Oxnard. It's like, oh, we have to like you know like uh, evac Oxnard. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's they it's they fun. end up with the Oxnard sign in the movie later on too. That was pretty great. Oh man. Oh yeah. Apparently it gets destroyed. <laughs> so later on, we then cut back to Cecilia, and then she runs over to what is obviously the exact same building. They were just using the citizen <coughs> evac scene. It's the exact yes. same building. For some reason, they... They just barely missed the tank. Also, they could have gone to this building way sooner than they did. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they've been hiding that one bit of grass for, like, 
the last 15 minutes of this film? Pretty much. I feel like this entire movie takes place within like four hours. Oh, it has to be. I actually watched this movie with uh, with my girlfriend, and like she kept commenting how the the um the first like half of this movie it kept looking like it was like sunset. It was that sort of like kind of like <laughs> kind of like goldenish like light, basically, <laughs> kind of like that kind of like you know thing. And then like the end of the movie takes place at night. So literally, this movie takes place in six hours. <laughs> has to be. Well, but that thing walks pretty fast, I gotta mm. say. Well, it's just Apparently, so <laughs> they keep cutting to the same radar screen with a red dot that shows up in the exact same place, and it keeps, like, zooming around, even though it just, every time you see it on screen, it's just waddling around. Apparently, too, the local TV networks are quicker on, like, being able to track it than the military is, mm. which is reassuring. Hilarious, I know. So... The military is like, all right, we're going to take out the big guns. They send a helicopter, <laughs> attack helicopter, to then shoot down the crocodile. You always have to have the crazy guy come in and go like, can we use nukes yet? You Not know? yet. Can we nuke, yeah, can please, we nuke people please, yet? Please, can we nuke? Please, 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 please. All right, so, nuke, they, please. They, so they, they, they shoot the crocodile helicopter. It obviously doesn't work. Right. I don't understand why it doesn't work. Okay, so... <laughs> Look, okay, so then Cecilia and... They fucking blow it up and, like, and it does nothing. It does nothing. It's such a typical movie plot, though, so I can't even, like, blame them. Yeah, it's really old, that whole indestructible monster thing, definitely. Let's shoot it with bombs. The bombs still don't work. But usually, but usually, like, when they do, like, the indestructible, like, monster thing, usually it's, like, fucking, like, Godzilla or something. Something that's kind of, like, believable, and this is, like... Yeah. This is a fucking j- crocodile. Well, you know, crocodiles, John, are impenetrable. <laughs> yeah, this freaks everybody out because it's like this. This was their main plan, which was just shoot the crocodile with a missile. <laughs> yeah, this is all. This is the only plan they had. And now they're just they're they've lost it pretty much. This is film. The military complex point, is pretty so- much just this shaking mess as we see. <laughs> Well, right. I, well, you know, you know, in Washington, there's like a bunch of like military industrial complexes. It's like, yeah, we can, we can like destroy the crocodile. We just need you to sign the budget for like a ten billion dollar <laughs> like spending package. And Carl's like, okay, <laughs> great. So we'll just do like three years of R and D, and then we'll get right on that super croc thing. So Celia and the other uh, military bro guy she's been with the whole time takes us takes a sig sig a, a sig break. And this this really shows how awful this dude is. Oh, he just yes. starts bitching at him. It's like, well, so you you better head. Don't you want to head back to your husband? Uh, don't you want to don't you want to hang out with your husband back home? Doesn't he know that like her the the husband was one of the ones who got eaten? No, I guess not. Since <laughs> this is a highly secret operation. So she bites back at him. It's like, well, you know, my fiance just was killed. So thanks for that. She, but she has this weird line where she's screaming about like, it's like, what, jo- like, what, jo- like, this, <laughs> does this jewelry. look like, does this look like a wedding ring to you? This is an engagement ring. What jarhead doesn't know the difference between oh. a wedding ring and engagement ring? Yeah, I, I, like, I'm like probably a, most I'm of them. I'm apparently a jarhead myself. I didn't get the. Uh... In case you don't know. My fiance is dead. Also, I'm from Florida. Okay, yeah. So I where, the, way, where the crocodiles the live? It's not Disney World. It's not the whole thing. Isn't Disney World? You know, 
It's mostly crocodiles. It's mostly crocodiles. It's mostly crocodiles. Everybody in Florida understands crocodiles. So they both take their separate ways. They're just kind of wandering in different directions. He's like, me back at the helicopter. We'll get out of here. But she's like, no. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. So bye, then, loser. Yeah, we then cut back to <clears throat> sort of the egg plot. You forgot oh, yes, the... egg plot. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I forgot. The underrealized egg plot, in my view, the, the egg should have had more of a starring role. They're planning. The they're se- they're sending the eggs to a military base near Los Angeles. That's their big plan. <laughs> they refer to something called Los Angeles Air Force Base that shows up on, like you know, like in words. I don't know of a Los Angeles Air Force Base. I mean, it's right. It's, it's right yeah. near. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's right near the pier. It's just right. It's yeah, just, yeah. You know, it's prime real estate. I mean, having you played GTA, John, it's literally just right. You just you go. It's a little just bit right left. up the road. Yeah, you just go up and then you steal the jet. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> so, okay, so they so back at the military base, everyone's freaking out about the crocodile taking towards Oxnard. One of the dudes there says, "Like, wait, why is it hitting the Oxnard?" Well, it must be because it's a strawberry season over there. Oh, oh man, does that guy get a chewing out? <laughs> Which causes the main commander that. guy to just say, Who the I fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Who the hell are you? Like, you know, it's like like people are pe- like, it's like we're in a serious situation. I don't appreciate your comic relief. <laughs> By the way, who the fuck is that guy? Who is with he? The jacket? <laughs> who is he? Who is that man? Who the fuck is this man actually? Is he the governor? Is he a senator? Is he like the vice president or something? Who is he? Yes, who is he indeed? Yes. Although I I remember like he's more appalled by like the military's dumber ideas, Mm. but only visually, like in his facial expressions. But then he starts getting really into it though. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. I do want to know, the guy who makes the strawberry comment, did he just wake up there one day and didn't actually, like, he doesn't actually know it's a crocodile attacking right now? He's just kind of... He has one of my other favorite lines is when they're talking about, like, like tactics for, like, like killing the croc. They mention, like, well, we could use, like, poison gas. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, this is the best thing and, and he's And he says, and he says, wait, I have cousins in Santa Rosa. <laughs> You can't, you can't do that. I have cousins. We're gonna, we're gonna evacuate the cousins out of there. Then we can poison it. Kill, but I just like the kill the a family Send it to Ventura cousins. and kill them. You know. So they're like, okay, how are we gonna stop this crocodile? It's like, well, well let's let's drop poison gas over the crocodile. And that's gonna stop <laughs> it. Pl- it's gonna a plot that never the fucking worst, happens. The worst fucking plan possible. No, but it not never even yet, happened. Though. Not yet, though. <clears throat> so they're like, oh, geez, but think of the human casualties of dropping all that gas on the crocodile. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that's that's that'll be pretty bad. And so the next suggestion is, well, how about we nuke it? <laughs> Just go right to the nukes, man. And yeah. then the horrifying thing is, they all sort of consider it. Yes. Like, mm. well, it's like, well, we can't do that just yet. Instead, let's let's send it to the ocean. Oh, we yeah. can then the nuke salt it. water will get it. The, the idea that salt water will kill it is one of the funnier. Uh, oh, because they're like, well, it's fresh water, so salt water will slow it down. But he says that after they taught, they mentioned <clears throat> someone mentions that it's a mile off, like the coast of Santa Monica. So it's like, well, it's already been in the ocean. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, it doesn't work. But <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it feels like they shot all these scenes out of order, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Oh, they couldn't crap. at all figure out what their idea." And the problem was, was and all. the problem is, the movie is eighty percent this, and not actual scenes oh, of the crocodile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you don't like, you don't really have a sense of what's going on. Really dumb tactics discussions, but like nobody suggests, like say poisoning it internally by getting it a bunch of poison things to eat or something and you know like poisoning it that way no it's like oh no we need to like you know release a giant amount of poison that would kill everyone nearby for like blocks it's the only way it's the only way you know it's like look we've got we've got contracts with raytheon (laughs) i mean this the shit's just sitting there. I mean, <laughs> why not use it? So after they can't really decide on like what to do after after the whole nuke thing sort of goes, like actually surprisingly well, some of the people in that room they kind of like, all right, you know what? We're gonna give up on any suggestions from now on. We're li- we're literally not gonna do anything with this crocodile for the rest of the film. So Celia's about to head is gonna escape on the helicopter they mentioned earlier. I don't really know how she ended up on there. Everybody yeah, moves. I feel very like we, I feel like we missed it, I feel a, like they they cut a scene in between her yeah. leaving and then ending up back at the helicopter when she said she was not going to be on the helicopter. I, I've had dreams with better continuity <laughs> in this movie, you know, as far as moving from place to place, you know. Alright, so the crocs about to head to Nair Town. Um Unfortunately, they forgot to evac all the vagrants and teenagers there. Vagrants and teenagers? So they're, they're all Fuck still them. there. They're doing a Gidget movie out on, exactly. the, uh, on, on the sands there. Um, right, so it's like, all right, we're going to send a that bunch of That would be awesome if, they, if that was actually like in this movie. Oh, it like, so It's like, again, have some fun with that it. Yeah, this, so this film really is missing the crocodile comes in and kills a bunch of people scene. oh it'd be yeah yeah i mean they should have way more of that you know they they reference it but it's like what's the point if you don't even suggest it you know except as like a background statistic like oh wow a bunch of people died really oh i didn't know that it's they like, keep cutting to to a local news like shot where it says like croc heads towards town. los angeles <laughs> reptile destroys heads. beach town 14 killed 100 Four. inch croc mutants from los angeles police in force <laughs> 14 killed for a giant beach city being destroyed i'm like that's actually pretty good all things considered <laughs> yeah you don't even have to like completely do the special effects you could just have a bit more things of people seeing it come and going ah oh you know, or something you know just a little bit of effort you a know? little bit like yeah <laughs> so yeah they sent a bunch of jets to then shoot the crocodiles it worked so well <laughs> last time this is american foreign policy in a nutshell except directed at california sort of they shoot like, the crocodile no and freaking they do, idea yeah, what to do about it. they anything. do the exact same scene again where they shoot the crocodile <laughs> more missiles <laughs> more but missiles. this time it appears dead <laughs> But yes, then it gets back up, so it, it's not dead. 
they all like decide it's dead immediately nobody says like are we sure it's dead no one does that you know this is how bad they're at at doing this you know we then cut to the los angeles air force base where kim little is in there the totally real absolutely totally exists los angeles Air Force. she kept all the eggs there she's now like (laughs) sort of like finally our plan is near complete that's that's right near the downtown museums isn't it the Mm. uh the the downtown air force base the air force base yeah it's right there it's It's you know it's so annoying it's so annoying when like you know like you you get out of the office and like you work down and then the jets fly i hate that shit yeah yeah definitely definitely it's amazing that they're able to do it and everything and all those ufos you know yeah they keep doing target practice on the skyscrapers (laughs) i mean someone's gonna get hurt at some Some, point someone's gonna get hurt there's there's way too many helicopters going in and out of there then you know really are not to mention the lizard people Oh Christ! Don't even get me started. I hate the people. glam lizard people of Los Angeles. <laughs> so Cecilia finally makes it back to the sergeant, um, and this is when they do the big reveal, which is like, "All right, we found the eggs, we destroyed them, and look at this thing we found there." <laughs> and it's like, "Whoa, what is this thing? This is from some sort of third military party. We don't know yet, and we never do actually." <laughs> We never find fucking figure out anything. I guess it's like some sort of split between the military, like some sort of like, you know. Is this the deep state I've heard so much about? I guess so. Right, has to be some form of that. This is this isn't the deep state. It's the not very bright state. It's yeah. So, which is really weird. Okay. So the croc is heading to Los Angeles now. It's almost there. The news reports on it. Oh God! I love one of my favorite shots was like they they that at the where they see they think they blow, like killed the croc where like they blew it up on like a road and it's just like mountain road with trees <laughs> and then like it gets back up and then like it starts walking again pan there's the downtown skyline in the distance right there mm-hmm. like it's it's already in L A mm-hmm. no it's heading towards L A just super fast moving I find apparently. it really funny too the news report footage they use is in broad daylight and it's just a bunch of light pictures of like police cars just sort of casually driving around it's just a bunch of yeah, pictures of like buildings falling down and, like, <laughs> there's nothing like that yes, there's no buildings falling down and falling those... down why is a building falling down i don't get it because yeah. the crocodile knocked it over it's so big oh that's right it uses its tail to knock over buildings that would have been worth seeing a thing that we saw in this movie i would have enjoyed watching that even with like legos or something i'm pretty that sure there's no building oh that would be great sure, models i'm actually yes. pretty certain you guys uh, imagine the building falling down all, no, all by I, ourselves. No, no. no, I no, I I remember this. It's it's a building on fire. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Collapsing. Yeah, it's collapsing building on fire. It was what, completely this, oh, ridiculous. What did you see? Something to do with yeah. crocodile. It's thirty percent of this movie TV is footage, stock footage. Supposedly, yeah, yeah. It's live TV footage. Super Croc. Also, like I like how the news has already named it Super Croc. You know, like they're oh, all right, yes. they're already with the name for it, which actually is realistic to which actually LA is local realistic. news. Yeah, you know? actually, I, I I believe that. I believe it too, but I would like to see, I would like to see some really bogus shit. Like people are already selling Super Croc T-shirts and stuff like that. Again, this is LA. You could have some fun with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I survived Super. Croc. I survived. <laughs> and then the guy gets eaten. And then he gets know? eaten. That'd be so there funny. Oh man, that, see everybody loved that. You know? I survived Super Croc, and all I got was <laughs> being eaten. Was the stupid T-shirt that I was eating. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we then cut to Kim, who's hiding all the eggs in her van. <laughs> of course Kim would do that. She's shoving all the eggs in her van, and then she then reveals her big, true plan. These eggs are my future. She's going to farm the crocodiles for their hides. <laughs> they're super hides. Because they're, they're super, super hides, hides, right? We can make luggage out of them. They can oh, make yeah, and military advanced stuff, Advanced military tech, because it's 300 years ahead of our current tech. Totally 300 years ahead. It's, oh my god. We it's then so cut, big we can't even cut it up to use it or anything. We then cut back to the suits in the military base, and they also, also start getting really into the idea of the super croc and the ultimate killing machine thing. Yeah. I guess they're trying to set up some sort of like, you know, some of the people are also working with Kim Little. <laughs> but this never goes anywhere at all. At all. Ever. Just, it's like there's 15 no... minutes left of this film, yep, so yep. that's never going anywhere. Just throwing out more plot steak there. Eat it up or don't. You know. <laughs> so the croc arrives at Santa Monica. Here we go. Here's the big finale. Um, they continue to shoot at it. <laughs> As no particular do. purpose, you know. There's like thirty dudes just shooting at the crocodile. <laughs> I love that stuff. Nobody even tries napalm or anything. They don't do anything. They, again, they don't even actually do try gas ones. No, no. Even they, like a small level yeah, of it. Yeah. Cecilia, uh, Cecilia just wants to fight the crocs. She's like, man, I'm tired of this. I want to be a hero. Uh, soldier bro guy drive me to the crocodile and he's like yeah cool oh yes they just he just runs into her while like they're driving through the city like just just randomly hey it's you (laughs) so kim little's now panicking for some reason and she then grabs one of the eggs and throws into a dumpster to hide it and drives (laughs) off while at the same time she just sort of drives directly into the super Super Croc. croc She literally. Think they, they would you think she would is. see the super croc, you know, walking, and not be able to drive into it? Have we have we decided whether we're going to evacuate this area yet? Uh, so I Kim Little know. is then murdered yeah. and killed in this scene, presumably. I don't think yeah. we don't see her die, but no. she's never shown up again. Well, you know, so. you, you uh, got to leave it, all that, that stuff open for the big sequel exactly. that we might make. You know. The the croc just 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 like steps on her car. That's that's it. Basically. But then the eggs Exciting. survive too. We find out later the mm-hmm. three eggs in her car. Okay, okay. This <laughs> this this infuriates me. So they so they got three eggs. They like every single scene you've seen with them. They have they they got three eggs. They and have the three secret eggs. fourth. <laughs> they have three eggs in that van. Kim Little takes one of those eggs and puts it in her car, and that's the one that winds up in the mm. dumpster, like that that she keeps there, so it so it's safe. But <clears throat> but then like they get the they get the three eggs to lure the crocodile, and there and, and there's three of them now. They go back to having three of them. Yeah, they give the crocodile the eggs. There should be two because they find out they sort of find <laughs> out they very casually find out the crocodiles really just looking for her eggs the entire yes. time it's like oh okay this doesn't really explain a lot no <laughs> at all but this is the big finale of the film the u.s is like we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna send the eggs to sea so the crocodile go that way and then we'll blow it up 
in the ocean with a bunch of nukes, presumably. Yeah. We can but always then that's not what happens. The, the a- yeah. But then that's not what happens. The eggs are just right there. And then the crocodile sort of chills there. And this is the big final stand between the crocodile who st- sort of stops doing things. Celia and her soldier bro guy are like, we got to find a bunker because they're going to bomb the hell of this crocodile. But then like, oh, but wait, maybe it won't work. We got to hit its weak point. And because I'm from Florida, I know it's underneath. I'm the only person who understands about slashing bellies. It's weird how the military couldn't hire hire a single biologist (laughs) at all. Not a single biologist in yeah. all of Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, oh, eggheads. What did they know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then Soldier Bro is like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Hand me that C4. He charges in and then fails horribly. <clears throat> Literally, he runs in. He's like, oh, God, the crocodile, he's here. Oh, no, I'm going to run away now. And <laughs> Celia is like, oh, for fuck's sake, hand it over to me. And then she just runs in there and then detonates the bomb, and then the crocodile explodes. Boom. It was yeah. that easy. It was that easy. Couldn't and that... do that the entire time that the crocodile walked all the way from the Los Padres National Forest all the way to downtown Los Angeles. No one can think of this the whole time. It just like just straps them with a with a suicide vest and just have them go at the croc mm-hmm. and that would have been taken mm-hmm. care of. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. think of the innocent lives, John. We gotta <laughs> nuke it instead. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or point or 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 spread a giant what, cloud of what if we gas. what if we poisoned a, a quarter mile of of square area and maybe that would kill the croc. Plus, Look, we could see the... if this weapon works. Look, here's the problem. Here's the problem. With, look, here's the problem with just strapping C4 to its belly or like, you know, or, or doing a suicide vest thing is like you can't get a defense contract out of it. No, that. no. That's What R&D are we doing here? Yeah. This is impractical. Yeah. Come on. <clears throat> so, it blows up. Then cut like to vague amount of time later. The the inevitable yeah, they burn all the eggs. There's like a big burning. Big of the egg eggs. burning. Come out, come out to the big ba- big egg burning. Big egg burning fr- on, frying on cro- Tuesday. Frying croc eggs. We're frying. We got croc eggs. We're burning them in the big egg burning. This is Cal Worthington and the big egg burning, and I got a lot of deals. Now we're at Santa Monica. We're doing the egg burn. Two thousand seven. Sunday, burn. Come down. We can make a deal for you, and, and we'll get you some burned egg for We it. got burnt egg. Burnt egg and even more burnt egg. Here are the burnt egg festival here at Santa Monica. Santa Monica, this is going to be a tradition. <laughs> Once. Well, Man. okay, so, so obviously they all forget about the dumpster crocodile who then hatches. Well, they, right. Well, they didn't know about it, to be fair. Oh, and okay, that crocodile's just gonna die in that dumpster, though, right? It's not nah, gonna. It's, it, 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 uh, it'll be gonna... garbage and then knock over the dumpster and walk out or something. What's or... it? No, what's it actually going to be doing? Oh, though? I know what it'll do. See, you could have this great scene where, you, and it would fit into the um, um, evil uh, asylum philosophy. You could have some some dumb dumpster diver person, like you know, like going, "Yeah, you can feed yourself out of the dumpsters," and then they like reach in <laughs> and the croc gets them, oh. and that's yeah. how it starts, you know. 
Dude, actually, that actually sounds awesome, actually. That would be that, the end of the movie. You that's know. the film. <laughs> so that was quick. You, it, we, we really covered that quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's there's not a whole lot to say. Honestly. Well, I mean, it's it was less boring than most of these movies. And it is true. This one was far more entertaining. Yeah. Than, than these things usually are. Oh, we do get a lovely little crazy credits here. Oh yes, of course. No, uh, animals, no animals were harmed in the production of this screenplay. Except the super croc. We killed that bastard. Yeah. Exclamation hey. point, exclamation point. <laughs> Two exclamation points. Hey, Asylum, I'm not sure you can be proud that you killed your own monster in your own film. Look, that, that's not exactly impressive. That super croc is on American soil. We gotta stop this super croc on American soil. This terrorist. I love it super when they croc. say things like American soil. It's really funny and really realistic, actually. Yeah, it actually is. It's so, really funny. Sadly enough, <laughs> I was thinking I have a good idea for a sequel to this film. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I'm gonna call this segment. I mean, it's the only way you could call it, which is sequel bay. I think is the best name for this. <laughs> segment. For this for this seg- new se- segment brand new segment. Doing. Sequel bay. Sequel bay. I like it. <laughs> okay. This film takes place, say, I'm going to go maybe five years after the first film. Okay. There is an underground secret call of Los Angeles who is who was able to steal some of the super croc dial's flesh and is eating it and consuming it, and they're turning into sort of lizard people. Oh, nice. I like this. Wow. At the same time, they found the baby crocodile, and now they're now worshipping it. Okay. So it's a bunch of like these these horrifying crocodile people worshiping the baby super croc, believing it to be the next god who's going to sort of destroy the world. This is good. Yeah. This is Kim, well. I mean, it's, it's just Kim Little's like you know cult because like these are the these are the croc worshippers. This is why she's so fucking fanatical about like they're the ultimate predator. They've been around since the dinosaurs. I think she even says at one point like it's like they don't. Um, I mean, basically, she makes it sound like they're immortal. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, they not only did they live before the dinosaurs, but they also survived the the great meteor. It's like, well, uh... (laughs) so yeah, Kim Little could also be the leader of the cult. Maybe she ate some of the crocodile flesh and was able to survive due to its healing properties. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think I think Asylum should do hire me. They should do hire me. Oh, definitely. Uh, with this segment i'm sure we'll definitely see again yep oh we'll have so much sequel bait to talk about um especially as we get more into these creature flicks yeah because this is the asylums this is what became the asylums bread and butter right here is this the first real creature flick actually we've seen i I feel like i feel like it is i feel like we we really haven't had like the closest thing we've had is snakes on a train and even that's like a real mess of a film well i mean these are all real mess of a film that that one like barely (laughs) was a barely about snakes i think that one was that's a fucking weird one yeah that, (laughs) that has more to do with witchcraft and like voodoo shit than like snakes so yeah yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like this is this is Asylum's first creature flick right here. Uh, do you guys recommend this film? No. No. Hmm. I didn't hate it as much as yeah. Most I, of actually, truth be told, I found it. It was kind of a fun watch. 
Oh, I I enjoyed it. I I just you you asked if it's recommended. It's but hard. Yeah, it's hard it, no. to recommend it. I mean, that, I I can't think of a asylum film yet I've seen that I would say, oh, you should watch this. Mm. I mean, not even casually. Sure, sure. There's <clears> only <throat> one, maybe two that I I would actually recommend. Well, let's hear them. Actually, I have one in mind that I think is the the source. Yes, yes. And... This is that is my true. That I think everyone should watch That's... the source. Slash the, the source, surge. wonderful movie, so cheesy, so over top, so good, um, and only the second movie the asylum put out, or at least only the second movie we did for this podcast, so good. Um, and then I do have a soft spot in my heart for six 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 the child. Mm. Um, that's all I got. And this is a good question. Okay, <laughs> are we? descending further down to like the crap or are we rising above it as we continue watching these films like are we are are these films getting worse or better as we continue to watch them like have we have we seen the best that Simon has to offer already or are we like just going to be descending down to the pits they're getting a little tighter in my view of, of somebody who only sees every like fifth movie you guys sure. do um, I feel like this one was tighter than like this was slightly older to be fair as well actually. Oh, uh, we're still pretty old, huh? No, no, I meant like this film specifically. I think was like hell before Invasion of the Pod people. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll be curious to actually watch these ones where they're like outright jokey. You know, the mm. way that like the Sharknado like, thing Sh- is going to be. Yeah. I think and, we, like, you're whether gonna, I, I think, can even stand. I that shit think or you not, might yeah. have to wait until mm. Mega Shark for that. Oh yeah, Mega Shark. Mega, is like Mega that, Shark's yeah. definitely the first example of that, yeah. and but it's like for all we know, they well might have done. one before that, but we'll find. But out. I mean, a, a good question is whether they did that for all their movies or just some of them. Whether they actually have a sort of like, no, you're actually supposed to be scared by this for real mm. sort of thing. You know, I well, like. Weird thing about- I, you know what? One I would just about recommend is that one with the writer. And the uh, oh, evil eyes. Yeah, evil eyes. That I actually really freaking enjoyed. And and what I like about it so much was how bad the um the 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 horrible gore scenes mm. were with the baseball bat stuff and, to the, six, six, and the, uh, the, the drill through the wall and all that stuff. That was pretty choice shit, you know. That was I would just about recommend that to anybody who actually likes things like that or or like me really enjoys bad early seventies TV movies that are very hard to see now that I I keep wanting to tell you guys about these but it's pointless to describe them and it's very hard to see them you know but there's some really great garbage TV movies of the seventies that are just very hard to see and would be really fun to watch essentially so and that it reminded me of that it had that kind of air to it. But yeah, all right. But should we? Is very important question though. Have we seen the best Islam has to offer by now? Mm. No, no. I, I, I still, I still have a, a soft spot in my heart for Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Um, no. I meant like, like in very... terms of <clears throat> the desire to make a film. That's like a movie. So, so the thing is, is that like the like guy who did movie. six. six I, I think the guy who did Six Six the Child is the same guy who directed Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus, and it actually makes a lot of sense to me because like those were the only two movies he did with the Asylum, and it's clear. And and with both of those movies, I got the sense that like they the cast was allowed to have fun, 
Whereas all of the, like, sequels and all the other shit the Asylum puts out, it's, like, it's so dry that I can't imagine anyone who's there is having a good time. Yeah. I don't know. I am a little bit, like, I'm a little bit scared. I Not scared, but, like... <laughs> Be scared. Are we... I'm just, like... Because, like, you, you think the more we watch... Like the hypothetically, the better they'd get, but I feel like it's actually an inverse where they're actually getting worse the more we watch, mm. or maybe we're just noticing more. I think they've always been bad, and I think they're gonna stay always bad. That's fair. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if they suddenly made good movies? Oh, just all of a sudden? I mean, yeah. Wouldn't that be weird? It's not like they would know the difference. No, probably not. It's true. It's a good point. They just hire like one director who has a vaguely interesting. Oh direction. yeah, yeah. One screenwriter would make a huge yeah. difference, right there. Just yeah. one screen, one actual screenwriter. <laughs> Somebody who actually had an idea of some sort. Yeah, but maybe they. <laughs> but there is it a that article. Bit. But there is that interesting article where a guy talked about pitching like uh, movies to the asylum, and his experience is awful because like basically they were like, okay, so we want to do a movie that's called like. Um, Crocosaurus versus um, uh, the mummy or king or something like that. I don't know what you know. And so it's like so write write so so call like out like call out to like you know some writers write a movie with like this premise. And so there this one guy was like okay well like it's the asylum like they know these are bad movies right so like yeah I'll I'll, I'll like do something that's kind of cheesy and totally got shut out just mm. kind of like no this isn't what we're looking for yeah. Well, I mean, so, that doesn't like, surprise me at all. I, I, I think it could work on a stealth level or a, or an accidental level, the same way that, like, a lot of great American uh, pulp, you know, culture no, but this isn't, got but done this isn't accidentally, like stealth or you know. Well, this isn't, like, stealth or anything. This is just, like, this, it, it's, like, basically, I, I think what happened, he's, this guy sort of interpreted as sort of, like, oh, yeah, no, they, they actually think these movies are good. I don't think it's that. I think it's that they sort of like if they recognize talent, they're like, "Ah, oh, no, we're not. No, we're not going to take this." Right. So because, that, that's why I would say because they'd have to they'd have to pay people for that. Yeah, but you wouldn't. I mean, it's like uh, you know, a lot of great pulp artists weren't paid anything much. Well, and that goes also for like great pop music artists who just happen to be brilliant and and were screwed but you're, but you're over speaking, as anybody but else. You know. As, but you're speaking as someone who actually has knowledge of this. I think, like, the, of that history. Well, it only, I, I mean, it's an accident. Everybody notices the accidents and the things that shouldn't have happened, you know. It's like, out of seas of crap, you know. It's like the certain things are like, oh, wow, this is really good. And then you find out that, you know, there's a brain behind this thing. And there turns out to be other interesting right. work. I want and... to see the signs the asylum type <clears throat> person who hires of someone such as Lake Scott. A person who is taxed to edit a film and watch a film and doesn't do either and then releases that film. Yeah. See, Lay Scott is kind of a personality, and if Lay Scott were not an idiot, he would have <laughs> auteur credibility to... And he has sure. auteur credibility to do what he wants. It's just what he wants to do is so stupid and pointless, you know, that, like, 
you know, but the thing is, is they're not, I would just, all I'm saying is, I, I don't think this is likely, but it's just in this kind of operation, it's as likely for somebody with actual talent to accidentally get through as somebody who's a total hack. It's just there aren't which that is many what people, happened to, you know. Which is what happened to the, I think, to the director of, of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, uh. because that guy actually had some talent and actually kind of knew what to do. And that guy got to do a couple of movies that the Asylum, that were popular enough, the Asylum actually did sequels to them that both sucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the asylum would probably get rid of these people immediately if they thought that, like, wait a minute, I actually have to pay you or something, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that would already be done, you know? But there aren't many people like this. I'm talking, like, handfuls of people over decades, and there's no perfect way that, like, the asylum is going to do one of those. But, I mean, a lot of really interesting B-movie directors were just treated like interchangeable yeah you know interchangeable figures and some of them were really brilliant and most of them were not most of them were total hacks and made total hack stuff but then you'll see performances shine through and you'll see these kind of like these these directors who are sort of like wow you know that was really actually strange you know and and so i love that kind of thing i don't see it enough i think a lot of the I think a lot of the way that the, that American um, free enterprise uh, entertainment stuff is um, actually too regimented now within, oh God, you know, yes. it's like it's there isn't enough room for like total wildcard weirdos to just sort of accidentally get funded to do their weird, sh- you know, stuff. You know, it's like um it's it's too they they know too much about their dumb expectations and so you you don't get these weird you know how in the world did this get made type you know stuff as often now now the question i love the title of the podcast how did this get made but it means different things at different times i mean in the best sense it would be sort of like you'd watch something that's just like how did this get made in the sense of really like this is exciting you know that like this weird thing got made but then usually what it really means is sort of like how did something this bad get green lighted by a committee you know of people and it's like well yeah that's the sort of bad thing a that good example you're saying here is a film you just showed me very recently which is being john malkovich being john malkovich the perfect yeah. example because how did that film get made yes that is a how did this get made how in the world did that get made it's really really creative and everything and and like how in the world did it actually make it you know through all of the like hollywood studio thing and actually have name actors in it like john cusack and Cameron Diaz and and of course John Malkovich. Yeah, it's like that's totally weird that that even got made in the first place, much less, you know, um got good, you know, reception and everything. Yeah. And even now it's like it's hard to see something like that happening, you know. It's like that little brief oh, yeah. period with that and an adaptation with Nicolas Cage and stuff, you know, it's just absolutely you know, or George Clooney making the Chuck Barris life story, you know, um, that that is, uh, even in itself, you see like a closing down of possibilities um, with a brief opening and stuff, you know. Uh, it's very weird how that works. There's a very fun TV show on Netflix that just came out. 
um, called The Movies That Made Us. And it's like, it's four episodes so far. They deal with movies of like the 80s and early 90s. It's, um, and it's, so each episode is devoted to a different one. They have Home Alone, Dirty Dancing, Ghostbusters, um, and what was the fourth one? Um, shoot, well, I forget, I forget the fourth one. But, um, but the interesting thing is the through line in all of those is that there's like always a point where the studio's about to shut it down, basically. Yeah. And or actually shuts it down, and then like, oh, Die Hard. Die Hard was the other. Oh wow. <laughs> but yeah, like, and so like, there's like a like really hilarious stories of like, like with Home Alone, that was originally supposed to be Warner Brothers that produced that movie, and then there's a great story in there about how the um basically they go over budget they originally were like if you make this thing for 10 million dollars like fine you can make this uh to john hughes and it's like okay fine and then they go over budget but they're like yeah but like the the stuff we're putting out's like really good we feel pretty confident about this so hey let's like show the stuff and be like we're asking for like 15 million and the studio's like oh wait and they like they they like halt production basically and so while that's happening the writer is like talking to like someone and being like oh like uh, someone who works at, at 20th century fox and is like yeah that's not going great on my project and and they're like well let me like well what, what's it about and ask like for like you know like to explain it and whatnot and they're like that actually sounds like a great movie hey you know what if warner brothers drops you guys we'll pick you up and so that's and so basically like someone from warner brothers comes and shuts down the production but before anyone could panic and be like oh no we're out of a job like the guy comes back it's like it's okay we're getting picked up by, by fox it's okay keep filming <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, like, so you know that someone at Warner Brothers after that movie came out was, like, just screaming, just like, this movie made $250 million! <laughs> what fucking idiot let this go? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would like to see, I don't know, some innovation from the Asylum, and maybe we'll get to it. For all we know, they could be a good film in that catalog. It, it, it would be films. such a happy ending for this whole project if you if you somehow weirdly arrived at like you know something halfway decent. Mm. <laughs> that would be so strange, you know. Something that's a real diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the problem is right. Okay. I'm, the okay. Okay. The problem is right. Is we actually that was the second episode of this podcast was finding the diamond in the was rough. Was a diamond in the rough. Right and. The <laughs> The rest, of, the rest of this podcast has been a deep disappointment. <laughs> it'll I never did, get I didn't better. I know you were expecting anything two. good to happen, Benji. I didn't realize this. This is, <laughs> this is tragic. I mean, potentially, anyway. You know. Potentially. <laughs> um, yeah. It, feel free to send us your, your real opinions about where we're headed in this podcast. <laughs> Your predictions. You know what would work better is like if the if you went back to organized crime controlling various like movie and and music district distribution things that oddly enough better things got created during Mm. that era. I don't know why. (laughs) 
<laughs> but for some reason, you know, <laughs> it was like higher levels of quality emerged. I again, there's no good reason why that should happen. But yeah, email us <clears throat> at entertheasylumpodcast at gmail dot com. Well, um, uh, the uh, the um, uh, what's it? Um, g- get. Goody, Gotti, Gotti. The Gotti film is kind of an example that, like, probably organized crime was involved in that because it's like a love letter to like Gotti, the the mob boss of New of like New York. Um, but that movie is hilariously incompetent, and like, it came out, and basically its pitch was like all the critics panned it. So their marketing pitch was like, see the movie that the critics are panning. Like, who are you gonna believe? Some fucking egghead <laughs> writing a blog, or your own eyes? Like, you know, it's got a, it's got great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes among audience. And basically, what they've been doing was like bombing like Rotten Tomatoes with like five star reviews, oh, basically. No. But it's a it's a completely shit garbage film. So even the, like hilarious. even organized crime can't do this anymore. They're no, but but it's still an interesting movie though because it's hilariously oh. incompetent. Oh, that's like, Chapo fun. Trap, Chapo Trap House did an episode on on this film actually. Like it was it was interestingly bad. Um, so that's that's the thing. so organized crime can still can still pull out a good film once in a while. Yeah. And of course, no one should forget uh, Manos Hands of Fate, made by the El Paso yes, fertilizer, made, made by a uh, the El Paso fertilizer guy, who like made one movie. You know, <laughs> you never know. That was it. You never know. <laughs> you never know. What well, might I mean, happen. at least we, at least you know, at least Neil Breen is out there. Oh, he's that's a good point. Stuff, Thank God for know? Neil Breen, a real American Thank God original. For Neil Breen. <laughs> A, He'll be American on a postage stamp someday. Hero. No, yeah, the American <laughs> goddamn hero, that man. He's an he's an auteur. He's an independent. He's he's genuinely his own guy. He I mean he really is he's the an same outsider category of, artist. He really is in the same category of people like Tommy Wiseau mm, yeah. or James Nguyen or like the the Iranian guy who made Samurai Cop. Like he really is like like in that same category of directors. But all of those other people were like foreign born who were like um, like didn't like really understand American culture, but were trying to mimic it to hilarious results. But Neil Breen is American, yeah, and like and stills making these amazing movies. So like he's a he's a very special mind, shall we say? How did this get made? Actually, just did their an episode on their first Neil Breen film. Wow. So they've they they've now uh, been blessed. Oh, that's by, great. By him. As all so he, as all shall would be one as, day. As all shall be. Well, Herschel goes. He is here, dot, 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 now. now. Herschel Gordon Lewis was actually an English professor... And um, and and he um, and he he made Blood Feast for like this incredibly small amount of money, and then got into exploitation films for about ten to fifteen years. And um, and and you know, there's a genuinely weird guy. You know, it's like, and he's going like, my films are more like the tragedies of Aeschylus. You know, it's just kind of like, he's like he's he's got the like highfalutin, um, you know, like references at hand there. But like he's like they when they were interviewing him when he when he became popular again through the research, incredibly strange film things. Um, they said, you know, did you expect people would be laughing? 
you know, at the scenes in Blood Feast, and he got mad. He was going like, they sure as hell were not laughing. They were actually frightened and stuff. Yeah. Oh so God. he really, you know, but then later he, but he must have like come around because that movie, um, let's see, the Gorgor Girls and Wizard of Gore are both like really weirdly oh. over the top as far as like just, you know, like doing these so gratuitous that you have to laugh at it and you know that you're supposed to laugh at it and stuff. So, yeah. What a weird guy. But, I mean, there's um, <clears throat> there there aren't that many things for, like... I mean, there isn't... Uh, what you could do is... I, I think YouTube directing or, and just sort of internet directing is going to be a big possibility oh, for, you know, incredibly independent filming because... You know, essentially, you could have almost like a zero cost for, you know, creating it other than like putting it together. And you have a distribution like channels as you choose, pretty much, if you're willing to just sort of put it out there for practically nothing. And then you could maybe move into like, you know, all right, well, everybody's watched this now. So, you know, now fund my movie or something. That seems like a possible you know, route for now. What isn't there for now is the kind of thing that, like, the guy who, who directed Endless Summer and uh, and dis- and he didn't like any of the deals that any of the, like, movie people gave him, so he just took his movie on the road and he, you know, he'd sell out local theaters across the country, you know, like, come see my surf movie and word of mouth and everything, and he made tons of money but he did it entirely by like just literally walking that movie around the country you know and there isn't really a distribution network like that right now you know that's like most of the theaters are just corp theaters there aren't really there isn't really that kind of like making a deal with one dude in a town or something like that for like stand for the old style kind of movie but there's always tv and internet and stuff this is how Dolomite got into. Yeah, uh, Dolomite totally like worked was... that way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dolomite worked that way. And also, you know what else? Um, if you watch Damon Wayans talking about "I'm going to get you, sucker," um, he actually got the. He sort of shamed the studio into releasing his his movie by just doing incredibly well in like specific cities. Like he 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 put it in Detroit and other cities. You know, with a with a you know large African American population, and the thing freaking made big money, and he'd just send them yeah. the notes, going like, "This is how much money we made." You know, it's like, and he, and he said he had to do it like six times. It's like, all right, fine, we'll release your movie. You know, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> they were so like, we do not want to release this movie. You know, it's like this is this has a fringe audience, i.e., African Americans. You know, right. <laughs> That kind of crap, you know. So, kind of the same thing with Dolomite. Uh, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. Too. It was like it had to it had to be a success in a couple places before they were like, okay, we're all right. We'll we'll take a look at you. Yeah, the stand up comedy, uh, you know, angle again. Like that was. I mean, the seventies still had that kind of independent, you know, distribution thing going, and and it's just really sucks that like you know as far as events go it's really hard to like put that stuff together now mm-hmm. it's bad i mean it it's bad. like it's okay to watch stuff on the internet and tv but it's also kind of fun to be in a space full of people enjoying something together you know that that is kind of an experience that is 
you know, it's it's harder for fringe product to experience that than it used to be, and that's a bit sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's a podcast. Podcast. That is a, that's, yeah, that's yeah. A podcast, Thanks man. for uh, letting me mm. take part once again. Yeah, send us. I don't know, just your feelings about just in general. Yeah, uh, you know, at the uh, good old enter the asylum podcast at gmail.com the old interdisciplinary asylum podcast at gmail.com yeah tell us if there is a good asylum out there and <laughs> we, we should be striving to find that one last gem mm. or we should just accept our fates <laughs> i'm still looking forward to make a shark versus giant octopus yeah. i i i, rem- I re- that was the <clears throat> first asylum film i i watched loved it i think i'll still like it mm. yeah that would be a podcast We'll we'll keep the lights on for you. I think for tonight's final quote, I th- after this conversation, I'm pretty sure who the fuck are you? Is <laughs> our good final that was, that was quote. that was the most passionately delivered line in the whole movie. Definitely, it really was. You you probably you know what the 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 great asylum film that you don't know is coming. Is gonna sneak up on you. Oh, for sure. I, I read this in a fortune cookie. It's gonna be something dumb <laughs> like War of the Worlds too. Yeah, you won't expect it, and then it'll be like, oh my gosh, this is cinema. <laughs> Why aren't people <laughs> celebrating this? Why is this in the Criterion Collection right <laughs> that's now? Right, right. All right. Well, that's a podcast, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Farewell. Bye. Yeah. Bye.